0: Hey, friends, and thank you for tuning in to the Occlusal Table, where we bridge dentistry with business, culture, and current events. I'm your host, Taylor Jackson, and if you like what you hear, please be sure to give us a follow on Instagram at Occlusal Table Pod, and share this episode with your friends, family, and colleagues. So for today, we have Dr. Ralph Minsa, who will share what it's like to be a holistic general dentist and give tips on the world of dental consulting and practice management. Let's get started. Dr. Ralph Mensah is a biologic dentist practicing in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. Dr. Mensah is a graduate of the University of North Carolina Adams School of Dentistry and has been a private practice owner for 11 years. He recently became a multi-practice owner and is currently navigating through being a business owner with multiple associates. Dr. Mensa truly considers himself to be a dental entrepreneur by serving as, as an owner-operator of a dental practice management company, a managing partner of dental service organization, and owner of a property-holding firm. Dr. Mensa also serves as adjunct faculty at his alma mater as an assistant professor, and he is a devout believer in Jesus Christ, a loving husband and father. Thank you so much, Dr. Mensah, for being here.
1: It is my pleasure. Thank you so much, too.
0: All right. So let's go ahead and jump into the questions. So how did you transition into owning your own practice? Like what steps did you take um, or did you just jump right in and owning a practice or did you become an associate first? How did that work?
1: No, absolutely. So I, I will say I spent two years as an associate uh, working for, uh, I would say, a corporate style uh, practice in the middle portion of North Carolina. And that brought out brought about a lot of uh, opportunity to experience dentistry in a multifaceted field in the sense that there were a lot of procedures that was being pr- practiced that, were, that was being practiced in, uh, I guess, a general practice facility. So it wasn't just uh, direct fillings or just crowns or just extracting. So I had an opportunity to see a lot of different procedures. Uh, and on top of that, it actually afforded me the option to travel and see different patient populations. So there was one office I was seeing in a rural, uh, I guess, environment, and then there was one that was in a city environment. So ultimately, it gave me the best opportunity to be able to see multi uh, multi practice, uh, I guess options, and then different populations. Um, I did that for two years, and it was great. But I had no autonomy. I was working five to six days a week, um, spending a lot of time on the on the road, which wasn't honestly the best. Um, but it gave me the opportunity to speak with other dentists who were also pretty young in their uh, curriculum uh practicing and then those that had a little bit more experience so i was able to glean experience for, from both uh options or both experiences and then uh which led me to want to open my own practice um that happened about two and a half years into uh graduation from dental school um and it led me to starting a de novo practice in a somewhat rural part of north carolina that sort of shaped me into Uh, taking on all the different um, skills I had uh, learned from all the opportunities that I had uh, and open like a real comprehensive dental uh, general practice uh, office. Um, It was ultimately how exactly I wanted to practice in the sense uh, that I knew I wanted to see a wide array of patients uh, with different variables in terms of uh, patient or procedural needs. Um, and it was, a, it, to me, it was an exact fit. Um, the way I did go about it was through a partnership. So it wasn't something that I did on my own. Um, it was imperative that I had someone else to help me through uh, a lot of the, just figuring out of what it, is, what, it what is necessary to own a practice uh, and be able to suffer the pitfalls uh, and, and wins, not just by myself, but with someone else to, to be able to help uh through that process ultimately um it worked out for uh i would say about seven years um after that we, we did the, decide to sever ties. Uh, at this point I do serve as a sole practice or a sole proprietor uh, of uh two practices right now um, but ultimately that's the road that i i took but I think it was imperative to put me in the position that I am now and allow me to have the types of experiences that have turned me into the practitioner
0: that I am now. Awesome. So it sounds like you have like a little bit of taste of everything from working in corporate to an associate, going into a partnership and now being um, a sole practice owner. So with that, what do you think were um, elements that you thought were foundational when it came to building a team? So picking the right uh, uh, financial manager or even coming down to um, your assistants, what do you think were, you know, the things that you had um, that you want to express in your practice, also when it came down to hiring the people that can also share that same mission?
1: And that's an absolutely excellent question. Cause I I will say there is not like a cookbook or a manual that uh, I guess teaches young doctors how to do that um honestly it was a lot of uh going through the process and having wins and having fails um i would say the most important thing that i had were was mentorship i knew other doctors that had owned a practice for multiple years if it's one location or two locations i had i wanted to make sure that i had different people to offer to offer advice to me granted um i think a lot of people think that there's only one way to go about building a successful practice, but that's absolutely false. Um, there's a, a, a lieu of ways to build a, a successful practice. I think what the most important thing is just figuring out what is the best way to go about it for yourself. Um, ultimately, it's finding out what works best for you. And granted, that's not something that I feel like you learn or figure out when you're in dental school. It takes some time to be able to practice as uh, as a professional outside those hallowed halls that you go through, that you walk through for four years um, and, and learn. Uh, I mean, there's going to be failures. There's going to be um, wins. Uh, ultimately, you just need to figure it out. And granted, it, it's it's a long process. It's not something that you're going to figure out, I would even say, within your first year of of practicing outside of dental school. It's definitely two to three years before you figure out what that looks like. But ultimately, what it does, at least to me, what it came down to was mentorship and figuring out how it is that you truly want to operate. Um, I'll say this as well. A lot of people try and say, this is what success is. Don't let someone else determine what success is for you. the definition of success is not anyone else's it's, it's it's only you personally
0: i couldn't agree more um and even when you talked about mentorship and even with the things that we learn in dental school right now, um, all we, you know, we're trying to get our, our hand skills together. And even then, there are so much things that are uh, out there in diff- different types of materials, different types of procedures, you know, different things that, you know, tips and tricks that work for everybody that we can learn that we're not really exposed to in dental school just yet. Um, But with that, what led you to um, dental consulting and what exactly is dental consulting and why did you want to uh, build a dental practice management company?
1: Uh, Yet again, another excellent question. And ultimately what it came down to was me realizing that it would not be advantageous of me just to maintain this information that I've accumulated and not pass it on to somebody else. Like I said, this is not something that I figured out in one day, one week, one month, one year. Like this has been a long drawn out process. And ultimately what it comes down to is that I would like for someone else to be able to not go through the same pitfalls that I did. And not saying anything is wrong with that, but ultimately if I feel like if I can help somebody else, I I feel like I should be able to offer that, that opportunity. Um, you asked what consulting is, and honestly, I don't think that there is a specific definition of what consulting is, but for my umbrella, a large part of it is Is consult- is sorry, is coaching, and coaching, I feel like, has to do with figuring out who you are as a person. That's not something that um, I feel like dental school has even asked you to figure out. Um, you've worked very hard for at least 22 years of your life before you go into dental school. And ultimately you've done really well in terms of acquiring knowledge and being able to regurgitate it. Once you become a dentist, it's a lot more than that. Uh, I think it's imperative that you find out what makes you happy, what's going to allow you to work as efficiently and as hard as you possibly can. And to me, that's what the coaching aspect of my consulting firm deals with. A lot of that has to do with, uh, I, I guess, uh, self-seeking. I I did it a lot through reading, like I said, through mentorship, Uh, but that's the beginning portion. There will be some questions that I feel like most people haven't really asked themselves, but I challenge my mentees or uh, uh, people that I consult to answer those questions. And it's not something that they're going to come up with an answer for, like I said, in a short period of time. It's doing some digging of uh, Uh, experiences that you've had and realizing this is something that I've enjoyed, this is something that I haven't enjoyed. Write that information down and slowly we can chip away and figure out figuring out what what exactly that is. Um, The consulting aspect has to do with the actual roadmap and putting together that roadmap. Um, The roadmap, like I sort of said before, in terms of like, there's not one road or one track for success. It's figuring out what it is for you. So ultimately, we sit down, we find out those things that you like, how you want to, I guess, uh, I guess, scope your practice in that manner, where you know that you're going to be able to put your full effort and be as efficient as you possibly can, utilizing your strengths. Of course, you, everyone has weaknesses, but we want to focus on your strengths in the sense that we're doing the majority of stuff that caters to your strengths. And then After that, of course, is the implementation component. Um, I feel like I have uh, a vast array of knowledge in terms of how to implement new things into practices. And that's where I not only speak to doctors, but I speak to their uh, auxiliaries uh, and administrative team in terms of what would be the best way of going about bringing those things into the practices. And that's basically what it comes down to.
0: That's excellent. So that really um, shows that as us as soon, well, for me to be as soon to be a new grad, exactly. <laughs> um, but Plain for it. new grads or just new um, dentists in general, young dentists, um, there is a immense wealth of knowledge that's out there. Um, especially when you said like from learning from other people's pitfalls and things like that, why do we need to trip in those same things? Right. Exactly. Um, so even with that, with that coaching, with um, developing that roadmap? What do you think are some pieces of uh, financial or business tips that you can give to a new grad or something that you wish you knew when you were in my shoes?
1: Um, I would say focus on where you are currently uh, financially in the sense that granted, And I came from, and I don't feel like it's that long ago, um, but I came from a place to where I did not have six figures of debt coming out of undergrad and dental school. Um, Unfortunately, that's where things are currently in terms of most students coming out of dental school. Um, So the way that people are funding new businesses is is much different than it was back then. Um, I can speak for myself. Like I said, I did not have a lot of debt at that point. I wasn't even married, so I didn't have dependents that I had to worry about as well. Um, But I felt like I did not carry a big load of debt, but in terms of my sources of getting funds for a new practice was just the bank. Um, I think things have changed a little bit. I think there are other options in terms of sources of finances, Um, but in terms of what A student or a recent, recently graduated doctor can do at this point uh, have a firm understanding of where they are financially. Do not overburden yourself. I think there's a lot of uh, pressure to go ahead and live the life of what a doctor is supposed to live. Coming out of a dental school, Um, I I will use myself as as an example. I, I had a 98 Honda Accord. My first year in dental school, and I had that car until three years after I, or sorry, four years after I had graduated from dental school. I just held on to it because it rolled Uh, and that was probably one of the best decisions uh, I I ever made. Um, Granted, once you get to a level to where you can afford, uh, I guess the luxuries of all the work that you put in, sure indulge because you deserve it. um, But at the very beginning. Find out where you are. Try not to extend yourself and uh, put together a financial or uh, yeah, a financial plan that can put you in a scenario to where you can make the necessary steps to have the business that you want.
0: Absolutely. It's not about uh, crossing that stage and jumping into a new car, you know, and driving that off the lot, right? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, you know, switching gears a little bit to the clinical side of things, um, what uh, led you to going into holistic dentistry and being a biologic dentist? Uh, What does that actually mean? And how can others um, follow those same footsteps?
1: Sure, sure. And yet again, I won't say that there is a true definition of what holistic or biologic dentistry is, but I will say it is a subset of general dentistry, but we are catering to a population of patients that realize that their systemic health should be the guide to uh, whatever treatment is necessary for their uh, optimal oral health. Um, the mouth is the gateway to the body. Um, ultimately, I think uh, medicine or medical school has gotten it wrong in the sense that our profession isn't truly like medicine, and that's not true. Uh, ultimately, uh, the thought that we are just mouth mechanics or tooth fixers—that that's not the case. Um, uh, everything that makes us the most healthy individuals has to do with our nutrients, our diet, everything that comes through our oral cavity. So ultimately, we want that to be as healthy as it possibly can so that we can uh, obtain all the necessary nutrients from all the different types of foods that exist out there. So ultimately, as a holistic or biologically minded dentist, I take that into consideration first. What does that entail? That entails making sure that you're going through a complete medical history and uh, dental history workup, discussing with them where they are at this point, making sure that they have an idea of the importance of maintaining a proper oral cavity uh, and the detriment to not having that when they want to make sure that they're doing everything that that they possibly can. Um, I'll admit the majority of my patients have already reached that level. So at that point, they're just talking to me in terms of Uh, how potentially that can be improved. A lot of that has to do with, I would say, four to five things. One is the pH level of the oral cavity. Uh, A lot of people do not take in consideration uh, the bacterial load that is currently in their mouth. Uh, There is good and bacteria, I think. Uh, Most dentists take on the thought that if we just take away all bacteria, that you'll be good to go. not the case we want to make sure we maintain uh the good bacteria and then trying to eliminate the bad bacteria as well uh, as best as that we possibly can um the second part has to do with how your teeth actually function we need to make sure that proper occlusion is there so that one you can chew your food properly and you're not wearing out all your teeth we want them to be as healthy as they possibly can and of course that you means utilizing bilateral uh, functioning throughout your mouth. Um, And then the other part has to do with uh, making sure that you have, if you have restorations that the proper materials are in there. Um, There are people that have sensitivities or allergies to certain material that they may not have known of uh, and has actually led to systemic illness, chronic conditions like chronic fatigue, Um, Lyme disease, like all these things could potentially be coming from uh, potential materials that people have in their mouth. Um, And that's not something that I would say most dentists talk to their patients about. Um, And then after that is just, uh, I guess, looking at any other potential um, health issues that they may be dealing with in addition to, of course, looking at the condition of people's teeth and their occlusion. But we look at their airway health as well, making sure that there is no sleep disordered breathing um, for one. And then that's pretty much it. The one last part Uh, we deal with it, like I said before, was the material. So we just want to make sure that they have the proper materials in their mouth so that there's not uh, any issues with uh, we use the term oral galvanism, but ultimately we don't want there to be higher charge or higher polarities uh, of the caused by the materials that are in their mouth.
0: Yeah, I, I think it's funny that sometimes, you know, people try to separate the mouth from the body, you Correct. know, um, because I even have patients that, you know, may be on uh, a type of um, blood pressure medication. Correct. And they're like, "But this tooth is hurting. This tooth is hurting. You're like, Can you, Can't you just take it out? But I'm like. Hey, you know, there are some things that we need to consider or if some patients, um, you know, they're like, well, yeah, I I know I have periodontal disease, but you can't just slap that crown on there, doc. You know, I'm like, no, there are certain foundational things that we need to consider first. So um, definitely going through those steps, uh, looking at the patient um, in total versus just looking um, at uh, one part of their body, right? Um, Correct. so even with that, with all of the hats you wear, being a father, <laughs> being a practice owner, um being a part of organized dentistry, how do you manage to balance all of that uh without burning out, or do you burn out? but then it's like, hey, okay, I have it under control a bit.
1: <laughs> and honestly, I, I will say I'm blessed with probably one of the most understanding wives and children on the planet um I was fortunate to meet my wife after I graduated dental school, Um, so it's always difficult or hard to have a conversation or try and actually explain to them in terms of the amount of time that is spent in terms of uh, our careers, Uh, but she has been very understanding (laughs) and is probably the, the reason why I'm able to wear all these hats. Um, if honestly, if it wasn't for, for her support, I, I would tell you for sure there's no way that I could have established all the things that I have, um, or all the things that I, I've achieved. And like I said before, and I, I know I keep on going back to it, a lot of it comes back to mentorship as well. Having people uh, who have gone and trailblazed and shown what is possible within our field is a large part of why I do everything that I do. Um, um, It's extended beyond than just uh, me as being a practice owner. It's it's been me uh, realizing that potentially there are things that I could be doing within academia. uh, And that's a large part of why I decided to become adjunct faculty at UNC as well. Um, it's, it's, It's part of, it's honestly part of my purpose. Uh, the, these are just all things that have been introduced to me at different parts of my life. And through uh mentorship, through a loving family, through honestly through my faith is is, is how I've gotten to where I am today.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Um got to have a so- solid foundation um and good support system. For sure. Um, So but mentorship, like what you talked about, that actually leads into our last question. Um, Is there any advice that you think that you can give to a new grad about becoming a dental entrepreneur um, or some sort of uh, right business decisions to make uh, when going into that type of dental journey? Um, What advice would you give to them that are looking to pursue that type of career?
1: Absolutely. And I know I said this before, but find out who you are as a person. Um, I did a lot of reading and granted that I, I, I would recommend uh, at least one book and it's called Start With Why from Simon Sinek, or written by Simon Sinek. That's an excellent read in the sense that it's not Overly dense, and it actually just allows you to think about why it is that you're doing what it is that you're doing. Everyone that has gone through professional school, uh, speaking solely about dental school, has some story that led them to where they are. Um, I don't feel like dentistry is one of those professions to where uh, it's something that you you feel like you're called to, unless of course uh, you had a family member that that was a dentist before. Um, So I feel like there has to be something within yourself that has led you to where you are. So that would be first and foremost. Find out what it is in yourself that has led you to where you are today. After that, don't be don't I mean don't be overly critical of yourself or don't be shy. Uh, Go out on a limb and ask someone who has done this before. As, and it may seem weird, but ask them if you can spend some time with them and ask them some questions. The majority of people who have established themselves or uh, has gone through some type of journey will help. You. Uh, the majority of them will sit down with you and have a conversation. And at that point, I feel like the sky's the limit at that at, at that point. Um, you're just asking questions and I can guarantee you if they don't know the answer, they will steal you in the direction to where you can find out more. Um, after that, it's just having confidence in yourself. Uh, ultimately, um, you all have worked and, and myself included have worked very hard to be where you are. It's not by accident. <laughs> At this point, this is, this is just the ground level. Like you said before, this is the foundation. We already know you're successful. At this point, you just need to decide where do you want to go from that point on? And that's just through finding of yourself, finding great mentors and developing what your true skill set is. And I promise you, you you will achieve whatever goal that is that it is that you want to achieve.
0: Excellent, excellent, excellent. Thank you so much. Um, and Dr. Mensah, do you have any closing remarks?
1: Um. I commend you all for listening to to, to student Dr. Taylor here. She, she is a, uh, an amazing individual. Uh, just continue to latch on and meet other people similar to yourself and like Dr. Taylor. And I promise you, the sky will be the limit.
0: Well, we definitely appreciate you for being on the show today, Dr. Mensah. Thank you so much. Um, And this is all that we have for today. So thank you for sitting with us at the table. And just remember to stay flossing and keep flossing. Bye, guys.